Hello, this is Dr. Ned Hallowell, and welcome to my wonderful world of different. Today, I have two extraordinary guests. I don't want to say much about them because I want them to say it about themselves. I have these two women who are just dynamic. If you could see them the way I'm seeing them now, it's just written all over them. They're just rippling with vitality and intelligence and humor and creativity and reflected in their hair, which is very curly and, and very red. But their story, I let them tell, that led them up to make an extraordinary documentary. But their story of what they discovered along the way, I think, is also way instructive. So instead of my putting in my words, let me leave it to Jilly and Rosemary to tell you the story in, in their inimitable words. So please take it away, Jilly and Rosemary. Well, Rosemary, let's start with you because it's your story that inspired me to make the film. So why don't we give people sort of an idea of what was going on in your life before we came together? Okay, well, I am in my 50s and I have two children, one who had, was diagnosed with ASD when he was six, but then he was diagnosed with ADHD when he was just about 14. And I remember looking at a book that a counselor had given us to learn more about ADHD. And I looked at it and I got flooded with this heat throughout my body because the title said, late, lost and unprepared. And I put it up next to my face and looked at my husband and did, a, you know, look at this, look at me, look at this, look at me. And it was kind of the first twig that I thought, God, could I have ADHD? Like, I'm in my 50s. How would I not have known beforehand? And, and I had hit menopause and that shifted everything. And so unknowingly, some of the things I'd put in place in my life to manage in my career and my family, even though it was always chaos and I was always late and I was always losing things, really were just falling apart. And I'd say for about two years, I was just sort of spiraling down. I couldn't manage anymore. I was really hitting depression and I have a great family doctor and she she kept emailing me, I haven't seen you in a while. And so I went in and she said, how are you doing? And I burst into tears and I said, I, I think I have ADHD. There'd been a lot of signs too. I was hearing interviews about adult ADHD and it just wasn't really talked about before that. Anyway, she helped me with the diagnosis and I started medication almost right away. And I remember the very first time I sat down at my computer after about two days of being on medication and I spent four hours answering emails. And I just was <laughs> blown away. I thought, wow, is this what normal people do? <laughs> is this what a neurotypical brain does? Is this what my brain can do? And I also noticed almost quite quickly that I wasn't I've been a binge eater all my life and, and I noticed that I didn't have sort of 24 hours a day thoughts about food and looking for carbs and that dopamine fix. And then after a few months, I started coaching with an amazing coach named Dan Duncan here. And he has an approach of strength space, just like Dr. Hallowell. And it's just made such a transformative quality to my life just huge like I'm a different person I mean I'm the same person obviously but I'm I've really learned how to start to turn my lifelong self-loathing into self-compassion I think ultimately with everything that I'm learning so about a year ago Jillian and I were having having coffee so I was isolated outside in the middle of this pandemic I'm sharing this story with her and Jilly said wow I want to tell your story and I took a big gulp and I thought, am I ready for this to kind of put it out there? But 
knowing what a massive positive difference it made in my life and that I just didn't know. I didn't know that I had ADHD. And so I struggled and struggled and struggled. And I thought if this story can help one person to think, hey, I think that's me, or I think that's my spouse, or I think that's my sibling, and lead them to a diagnosis, it was the story that I wanted to tell. It certainly has helped more than one person. And, and Jilly, from your standpoint? Rose is leaving out a very big part of this whole picture, which is the fact that she is a nationally renowned symphony conductor. And she's also- Inter Interesting that she would leave that out. Oh, right. She's a famous Canadian conductor of the symphony orchestra. Oh, oh by the way, yeah. Opera Kelowna. So I've known her in the public. I've been to many of her shows. I used to work for the, our national radio station. And we would interview, she was one of our favorite interviews because I've rarely met a mind like Rose's. It's so brilliant. It's her capacity not only to understand music, but how she explains it, how she brings all these visuals, these ideas, and anyone listening to her to describing something that she's about to bring the symphony to perform, you instantly want to go because you're completely connected to how she communicates that story, but also the way that she creatively finds ways to present classical music or brand new opera or whatever those ideas are to the community again and again and again. So when we met, you know, and I'm, you know, waiting to hear the updates on the arts and it's, you know, it's been quiet because of COVID, but what's new? And she's telling me about this diagnosis and, and what she's understanding about how her brain works. It, for me, I was just like, wow, this is incredible. And the documentary had come out of, I had applied for funding from a, a Canadian program called Story Hive, and they were looking to find short documentaries on local heroes. So that's what I had in mind. And Rose and I met up and she told me the story. And so really everything fit together right off the bat to me. It was so like, Rose was going to be your keep local in mind, hero, but I had it would have nothing to do with ADD. Oh, no, no, no. It, no, she was a local hero because of her advocacy for ADHD. Oh, for okay, ADD. Okay. I mean, she was a hero because of the arts, but it was this story and the fact that she was willing to talk about her mental health and her struggles so publicly right, right. and already was in your smaller circles in front of the symphony. I was like, we let, like, can we open up that audience? Can we right. talk? If you're willing to talk about it, can we share it with more people? Maybe that will have value. You know, maybe there's something there that people would want to watch it. I couldn't find a lot of other content on people sharing their journey with, with ADHD. And so do you prefer to call it ADD, by the way? I'm, I'm just, or there's vast, it's, there's all it's, these When I learned about it in 1981, it was called ADD, and then it became ADHD, and I lapsed back into the old terminology of ADD. So, but you're quite right. It is properly speaking, okay. it is ADHD. Okay, because we can, I mean, I think I listened to a, um, you the other day, uh, Dr. Hallowell, you were saying the term attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, the term deficit should really, that's the word that people, it's not a deficit, right? You were talking about a diversity. Yeah, no, we don't have a, I, I, I like myself. the idea of working with this name. We don't have a deficit of attention. We have an abundance of attention. Our challenge is to control <laughs> it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You made this documentary called Shiny Objects, and enduring it, you discovered you had the condition yourself. Is that right? Yes. It's, uh, I don't know if not the word is irony, but the, the incredible timing of it all that I got the funding to make the documentary. And I have all these projects in my life that I, I haven't finished. I have a lot of huge ideas and a lot of cool random things that I've done. Also raising three children, which was a very exciting time in my life. But I was just edging back into what do I really want to do for a career? So I'd interviewed a lot of people, but filmmaking was always in there. Really, I wrote two screenplays, but haven't really pushed them that far. 
got this funding, started to research ADHD and was just like, could not stop thinking about it and reading about it and, you know, doing webinars or just asking everyone I could to find an information. And it was so fascinating. And also this was my first time ever making a film. So I didn't know how to direct. I didn't know how to produce. I didn't know how to do editing, but there was this energy now that I wanted, I was going to figure it all out. I just knew I could find a way. And if I built the right team of people and I had this amazing person that I was going to interview, it would just come together. And I trusted that. And that's sort of the thing that I've trusted my whole life, but to have the energy to keep going was really cool about this project as opposed to other ones where I haven't finished is that I had a very specific timeline. I had three months. I had to be done at the end of three months and I had uh, a lot of money on the line, $23,000. So there was this pressure and I just kept going the whole time. So while I'm researching ADHD, as I'm learning how to make this film, I'm realizing how much of this lines up to how my own brain seems to work. So I did a self-assessment. I went and saw my, my GP, my doctor, and they did the 20-minute assessment. But we also interview a psychologist in the film who specializes in ADHD assessment. So I did a full three-hour diagnostic with her as well. Really got to look at my specific type of ADHD, how the brain works. And so it couldn't have been more perfect. Because of that, as I started to work on the film for the three months, I could really dial in to what worked well for me and really delegate the things that normally would get me caught up. So it was a phenomenal experience to make a film, my first film about ADHD, discover I have it at the same time, and then work with a team of other people with ADHD. And the story then goes on, <laughs> the film got released and you won quite a few awards, I understand. Oh, I wasn't totally sure of the reception or the interest, and it has been incredible how much feedback and it's not even widely released but how much feedback we've gotten because we've given it to some people in the ADHD community different educators we did a local premiere the emails and the comments that we get from people who have been impacted or affected or just really have been longing for this type of content has been phenomenal it's really been a something that has not only been exciting to make but has now connected to with my deeper values in life which is really being in service to other people and creating that advocacy and conversation and so i'd say a lot of this is really a dream come true and rose i know you can speak to that as well before we run out of time i i, I want to make sure listeners understand that when this podcast is posted we will give you a link that you can go to to watch the movie it's not out yet, but they've kindly are going to make it available for a short period of time so you can watch it. And the name of it is Shiny Objects, correct? Shiny Objects, the conductor with ADHD. Okay. And yeah, it's been into, I think, 10 festivals so, so far. We've won a few awards and we would love to make it available for a limited time so the viewers can see it. And then next summer, it will be available on StoryHive channel online. So it'll be available for everyone. And then if you want to write to us about it, our email is uh, different at hallowellcenter.org is where to write to us. Now, I know we're going to run out of time because Julie has a short window in the room that she's in, but I want to ask each of you three questions since the theme of our podcast is difference. The first question is, what is your favorite thing about being different? I would say my favorite thing about being different is that, especially in the field that I work in, I feel like I come up with creative ideas that no one else has thought of. And mm -hmm. um, anyone else would think it was a non sequitur, but I feel like I could take things into a new direction mm -hmm. that just seems so logical to me and so obvious to me. But I can tell from people they're thinking, oh, wow, kind of, that's kind of cool. It is very cool. And Jilly? Uh, well, I mean, to me, being different, the word different points to things that are unusual, unexpected, not normal, 
creative and that's where I thrive. That's the place that excites me most in the world is in that unknown and unusual. And, and so to be someone who's different or to be part of that club makes me really feel like that's the place I belong. That's where you're at, you're, you're at home outside the lines. I love that it's a club. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Actually, at the, at the was, premiere, we had everybody stand up that had ADHD uh-huh. and everybody applauded. And then my coach who was up on the panel discussion with us said, now stand up if you wish you had ADHD. Ah, yes. <laughs> now, of course, the corollary question is, what's the hardest part about being different? That's an easy one for me. And that's to be misunderstood. And that is the thing that I struggled with most. Definitely, I've been able to define that as a core value for me is to be understood and to have understanding for others. And so that idea of ADHD is not what it looks like, that based on my behavior, people have made judgments about my choices and about my character and that that sort of blame and shame that goes along with it has, has had huge impact on my life. So for me, it's really about understanding. And I, I think that's also why I have become such an empathetic person, because I know what it feels like to be misunderstood. So that's a constant struggle for me. Yes. And Julie? I would say right now, at least, is that being regulated, like being emotionally regulated and energetically regulated, because that's what I'm aiming towards, but without losing that zest for life and that excitement and all the things that keep me going. So it's without, it's, without losing it's your really special about, sauce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your special exactly. sauce. I love yeah. it. Right? It's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the third question, what do each of you wish everyone could know about your difference? That even if you don't find out or understand that you have it until you're like me in your forties and perhaps like Rosemary in her fifties, the, the journey of discovery and connecting to it has, has, been one of the most meaningful things in my life. So I would want people to know not to be afraid of it, but that maybe it's a gift you have too. So worth the exploration into one's own mind and how it works to find out, you know, what it's all about. And Rose? I think for me, it goes beyond just my own difference with ADHD. I think that it goes to humanity in general. Wouldn't the world be a boring place if we were all the same? Mm-hmm. So I wish that the first thing that we could do when we're responding or reacting to other people is remember that we're all people and not to assume that everyone thinks like we do Mm. so that we really truly look for the celebration of difference. And whether it's a neurodiversity, whether it's a physical or mental illness, whether it's gender diversity, sexual diversity, racial, ethnic, all of the things that make this world such a a grand adventure could just be more celebrated and less feared. And that difference could be something that we all strive to celebrate. Well, that's the theme of this podcast. You couldn't have put it better. And, And the unfortunate corollary of that is most human reaction to difference is fear, rejection, stigmatization, and judgment. We tend to attack difference and want to sequester it, punish it, ridicule it. And yet you two women and millions of others who have this condition are, you know, stunning examples of how beautiful, creative, uplifting, advancing of civilization this this condition can be. You put it so well, Rose. I mean, that the whole reason I'm doing this is to try to help people to 
not be afraid of it, to celebrate it, and to realize that, you know, these are the people who change the world. I mean, and you two ladies are great examples, and there are so many out there. The man who invented the test world, getting the PCR test, you know, for, for COVID, big time ADD, he invented the polymerase chain reaction. He's since in heaven, but he won the Nobel Prize in chemistry for that. And ADD led him to it, just as you said, he thought outside the box. And the t list goes on and on, but you have to get out of the room, Julie. And I, I just want to ask you, do you have any last comments for our, our listeners? Because, you know, you're such wonderful exemplars of difference at its best. Just the, when you said to me outside the box, when my very first coaching, Dan said to me, you know, there's people that think inside the boundaries and every organization needs those people because I was trying to work better with my staff. And, and then he said, and then there are people that are more comfortable coming in and out of the boundaries. And I said, oh yeah, that's me. And he said, no, that's not you. You have ADHD. You have no box. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the first time I think that I felt so positive and so excited about the way my brain works, that I'm free to go anywhere. And I love that about my brain and about Jilly's brain and about your brain and about all those people that have ADD and ADHD, that we really can change the world. And that's super exciting for me. And that's what makes this diagnosis such good news, because it can free you from shame. Yeah. Uh, and the things that hold you back. Oh, I better not say that I'll be judged as, you know, being too much or what have you. And we are too much. And I love long, being too long, much. Exactly. And long live it, you know. <laughs> and Julie, do, do you have anything you'd like to add before we bid adieu? I had this thought the other day, actually, that I realized how cool is it that having this condition means that there is just so many resources, books, podcasts, people like you who understand it can share about it. Basically, if you have ADHD, there is a world out there to support you, to get to know your brain, to dial in. Whereas a lot of neurotypical people don't still don't, you know, know which way to go or what they're doing. This is a really specialized, beautiful gift, but it's been so thoroughly looked at that the support is incredible and the opportunity to do a lot with it is is so huge. So I, in some ways, I'm really grateful to, to have a brain type that there's so much um, information out there on and so much research done about it that you can really get yourself informed and, and utilize everything to the best of your yeah, well, Maybe we should form organizations for Joe and Jill Normal. So they... And I just want to say thank you so much, Dr. Hallowell. You were a big part of our my research and the, especially that positive forward attitude that we have in the film. It's a very positive film about about the journey with ADHD. And I'm really grateful to know you and to have these conversations and for all that you contribute to the world. So thank you. Well, right back at you. I'm, I'm very grateful to you guys, ladies. Uh, you know, we're all part of this thing together and it's a growing movement. When I started in 1981, nobody had even heard of this. Wow. And you now, are such a pioneer. Yeah. Very, yeah. very first thing I did after my diagnosis was raised driven to distraction and delivered from distraction. But uh, I haven't read 2.0 yet. And oh, well, you, you'll enjoy it. And it has, the virtue of, it has the virtue of being my shortest book by far. It's only 100 <laughs> pages. So I finally yeah. I finally got to know my audience and I realized they wanted something short. <laughs> I found your books very easy to read and fascinating. And I just kept going, oh, my God, that's me. Oh, my God, that's me. Oh, my God, that's me. And it was yeah. so helpful. So thank well, you for that. Thank you. Thank you. And, and just to repeat, uh, we will, uh, when we air this, provide a link so you can watch Shiny Objects and uh, see these ladies in action. And, and if you want to send a comment or an email, send it to different 
at hallowellcenter.org. That's different at hallowellcenter.org. Truly, for all the people out there who are like us, which means they're not like anybody, and, and uh, <laughs> let's all cheer, three cheers for being yourself and unashamed of it. And thank you so much, Rose and Julie. And look forward to staying in touch with you. Very excited. Thank you for having us. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.